Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and a warm welcome to the Taipan Arcane Podcast, where we discuss the habitat, diet, venom and history of these ancient and predatory Taipan snakes. Or, or we could just talk about arcade games, Mr yes. Holly. I am Sean Holly. I am Victor Marland, aka Vertvic. Hello everyone, how are you? Hope you're well. Yes, I'm fine, how are you? Good. Uh, this is podcast number 99. Tis, one, one more before we can finish. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait, can you? We've done this what? far too long, haven't we? For good, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I think we should do, we should do that Taipan Arcane podcast, do a spin-off. I think so, yeah. We should do something about magic and snakes. <laughs> Magical yeah. snakes! Watch out for snakes! Yeah. Or we can just get on with this, like everyone's shouting at their own headphones now. Yes, we, we should do. Let's get on with it. This is number 99, and we're going to cover kangaroo today. Before we do that, let's do our other segments. What have you been up to, old son? Tons, Vic. Tons, tons, tons. I have got loads to tell you as well. Tell me first what you've been up to. Right, quick, quick recap of the last two weeks. I've been punching monkeys in the face. Right in face. Right in face for kangaroo, which we'll talk about later. Been to arcade club a couple of times. Had a good game on. What was I playing? Oh, I can't say what I was playing because it's the next featured game. (gasps) Bam, bam, bam. Oh, I think I know what it is, and I disapprove, but we will oh, talk about it later. No, 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 no. Oh, yes, Been yes, to the yes. Batcave pre-Christmas meet last night, which was excellent. Great atmosphere, really good games. Had Dodon Patchy there, which was great. What was the theme? There's usually a theme for Batcave. Well, this one was just the best game of the previous year, so I think it was voted on Facebook that Mario Kart Double Dash oh. was going to be the tournament game. So they had... Did everyone have to wear Christmas jumpers? Yeah. <laughs> what did you wear? I can see you've got a Christmas Pac-Man I've T-shirt got, on. I've got a Christmas Pac-Man T-shirt. I didn't go for the jumper. That's all right. Nice and warm in there. It's Crass, it's crass Man. It's Pac-Man eating Christmas puddings. Ooh, I had a Christmas pudding earlier, you know, and turkey. Did you really? It was, it was a pre-Christmas pre, pre dinner. I have a few in, in the month of December, usually. <laughs> yeah, I went out for dinner just at a local place with mother-in-law. Oh, it's lovely. Oh. Yeah, it was good. Really nice. It's good. Lovely. I have also been messing with the Raspberry Pi and RetroPie again, oh. and I'm I'm doing that because I want to see how the emulators on the Raspberry Pi play different games that we feature because there, there is differences. Yeah, you mentioned it. We were talking yesterday about something, mm. and we mentioned that Advanced Mame has got different settings that are not yeah. clear, which we will talk about later on because it's the featured game. And but- I've been talking to the lovely Rich Chunksin about how to make no-clone ROM sets, and I know how to do it myself now. Ooh, that lad! Ooh! You know I what? Would. I'm yeah. thinking about getting another noise-making thing to give him... Mm. Because I think the resonant ping isn't high enough value for Rich. Mm. I'm going to get another yeah. one. That I'll have to do for now. But Rich is very high esteem 
listener of the year, I yes. reckon. I actually worked out some bits myself, how to how to sort of copy some bits over myself. In it's all in Linux, Ooh. so it's a bit different to Windows. Yeah. Well when I tell you about what I've been doing in a minute, that covers the same thing, believe it or not. Ooh. Ooh. And also we've both been getting audio submissions for the next podcast, the top fifty. It's gonna be a big podcast because I've got we've got loads of guest people talking about the games, plus us rattling on for three hours. Yep. I've got two audio submissions gonna be recorded on Wednesday. Yeah, and I've got about another three or four in the bank, in the audio bank. So yeah, it's gonna be good. Do you know how many I've got? Oh, tons. I've seen Eight, eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, that means that means we've got eighteen listeners, or they're all done by the same person. We're they're all done by your accent. wife. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she just made her do it. Do I have to do yeah. this? Yes. Yeah, go on. So what have you been up to? I've Vic? been up to tons, mate. So last week in the weekend, I went to Nottingham to visit the Vips, Mister and Missus Vip, Ben and yeah. Kerry. We stayed with them for the night. Well, basically, they moved into a new house, a really nice new house, because the old place was really quite small. It was um, it was quite damp in there, because his arcade machine, the Naomi I helped him build, it kept getting um, moisture in the, the anode cap of the monitor, yeah. which is not good, because it, 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 it fizzes. It makes like a fizzing noise, and you, you can smell this sort of... It's an arcing going on in the back with the big vaults. It's, it's, not, yeah. it's not dangerous, but it's not good for the monitor. So he kept having to put a hairdryer to sort of you know get the moisture out of it and stuff, and he just couldn't play it for ages because every time he played it, he was scared about you know ruining the monitor, which is fair play. It might have knackered it after a while. So he moved to a new place, and it was all in bits. So I helped him carry it upstairs to his new little room. He's got like a sort of room where he does his artwork for a university, yeah. and he's got it in the corner there. And we, we assembled it, and we took. I took hours trying to get it to display properly because when you plug it into a normal monitor to do all your settings and stuff and get everything ready in a normal resolution and then you, you put it into 640 by 480 which is normal sort of um, arcade mode for that monitor because mm. it's a 31 kilohertz monitor and you plug it all back in it wasn't Windows kept changing it to its own settings it was saying oh you don't want to sit you don't want to do it like that you want to do it like this and I was mm. going no Windows I hate you I'm going to kick you in the head in a minute if you don't sort yourself out. <laughs> yeah. It took ages. And in the end, I found a really weird way of sorting it out. But I did sort it out. And his machine's all back and running again. Absolutely brilliant. So nice. I think he's been playing Kangaroo. I'm not sure if he's put a score in, but he was playing Kangaroo with us. I'll show him how to play it. Mm. So that is uh, pretty good. But um, Windows is a massive heap of elephant dung. Yes, I don't have any Windows machines. I hate Windows. I have one Windows PC, that's it, but all the rest are Linux. You sort of need it for main, but we are getting away from that, aren't we? You do, yeah, I've I've got it on Linux now, MAME, SDL MAME. Yep. Runs exactly the same, there is no difference. That is absolutely brilliant news, because I really dislike Windows computers. Sorry, Windows likers and Windows users, but it's awful. I've had problems with Windows for 20 years. And when you know when you go to another computer, and I'm, I hate to be a Mac boy, a boy, you know, but I've never had a problem with it. You know, mm. they're more expensive and all that sort of stuff, but uh, I don't know, it's just for me, I suppose. If you can get Windows running, all the all the luck to you, honestly. So, on the Sunday, we got there Saturday, we did all that long, we had a really nice meal in the evening Ben cooked for us. On the Sunday, we went to the National Video Game Arcade in Nottingham, which we've Ooh. talked about before. It's a bit misleading, is it's more consoles and computer games than arcades, but there is a few arcade machines in there. Uh, quite a few jammer cabs, actually playing PCBs, you can tell. Um, yeah. with proper CRT screens. There was a few with emulated games and LCDs, and there were some dedicated cabs as well. There were two Space Invaders, a Midway and a Taito. 
The title one needed screen cap kicks. The screen was a bit fuzzy, but the game played nicely. It was a bit sloppy as well, the joystick was. Um, they had original Zack Phoenix, which yeah. was actually quite nice to play. It didn't have the horrible, really hard leaf buttons. You know, they got really hard springs in them. Yeah. They're quite soft buttons, so it played quite nicely. They had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cabinet as well. Yay! Mm. Maybe sad in. and angry at the same time. Get in. We love no, the turtles. No, we don't. I ignored that one widely. I walked around it. Didn't even look at it. There was also a home-built Donkey Kong knockoff cab. It was like a sort of one to look like a proper cab. But it didn't have a coin door, and it had an LCD, and it had the wrong joystick, and blah, blah, blah. Boring stuff. But it was a Donkey Kong. People could play Donkey Kong. That's the good thing about it. Yeah. So that was there. It had many issues as well. But they weren't actually saying it was a real machine, so it's just me moaning, isn't it? Mm. Stop moaning. Fair enough. Silly boy. Yeah, so that was pretty good. I could have that. Got a high score on it. Uh, also, there was a room uh, with some cabs in it. That this, when I saw one at the start, as I went in, it was like a lower room. And I said, oh, what's in it? She goes, oh, that's where we keep the, the broken cabinets. And I saw Naomi in there. I think it was a point-blank machine. I said, oh, what's wrong with the Naomi? And she goes, oh, the screen's on. Do you want me to fix it? And she went, what? And I said, oh, I'm a collector. And she goes, oh, right, okay. And I said, what's actually wrong with it? She said, oh, the screen. We found, we, you know, we, it's really hard to find screens for it. I said, well, why don't you just repair it? She went, oh, do you know anyone can repair it? I said, Yes. <laughs> so I gave her two names from UK VAC, uh, Gunblade and Ordine. Yeah. Grant and Craig, who, who specialise in fixing monitors. So I gave them the UK VAC address. So just sign up, it's free. Go on there, ask for some help, and they'll help you out. Just send the chassis off, they'll fix it for you. No problem. So mm. hopefully they'll get their, their cabs running again. It'd be nice to see some, rather than just sitting there poorly. Yeah, yeah, good. There was a nice selection of consoles and arcades to play as well. But some of the older games, like the rare ones, like the Apple Pippin, had an Apple Pippin there. Yeah. And some other good ones. Um, they were behind glass, unfortunately. Um, then a lot more modern machines available to play. There was a bunch of like PS4s, but they were playing older games like Sonic Mania, you know, an older kind of game. And yeah. there's loads of stuff going on. I think Kerry was playing Fate of Atlantis on a computer. Mm-hmm. I think that was an old um, point and click game by the same people who did uh, the Tentacle. So she was playing that. Uh, and also, there was a whole room dedicated to the Codemaster Dizzy games that Oliver Twins did. And yeah, on the Saturday, they there, they? yeah, they were there on yeah. the Saturday. They were signing books and stuff. Um, oh, I have always hated that eggy idiot. <laughs> Never liked Dizzy Games. So I totally ignore that. But for a Dizzy enthusiast, absolutely brilliant. It had been great. But um, our Bobby Idod was there on the Saturday. He's really into uh, Dizzy. And it was his birthday. Yeah. So double good for him. And on the Sunday morning before we went there, we all ate our body weight in sausages. I saw that picture. There's a picture of me with 18 sausages in front of me looking That's... really happy. Did you have any anything with them? Or... A bit of bread, sauce. God, eight, you didn't have 18 sausages. No, I had five. <laughs> Vip did, I think, three packets of sausages for all four of us. I think there was, was a few left over there, but not many. <laughs> but me and Viv had five each. <laughs> nice. I do like a sausage. <laughs> oh, I've been interviewed for a magazine called Former. Which is a university magazine. I don't think you can buy it. There was a young journalist called Sophie interviewed me. She asked me about sort of retro stuff. Basically, the article was about old things people are using nowadays. And obviously, she knew about me from another friend of a friend who collects old stuff, you know, arcade machines. And we talked about Dig Dug being one of my favourite machines and all this sort of stuff. She asked me a load of questions. She seemed very interested. Uh, So hopefully, I'll be getting a copy of that. But you can't buy it. I think it's just a university paper. Right. It's not online, but I will get some, probably get a scan of it if I'm allowed. I'll ask her if I'm allowed mm. to scan it and put it on the website when we get it. So that was really nice talking to her. It's nice talking to someone who's enthusiastic about games. He doesn't know much about them. So I can sort of waffle on at her for a while, basically. 
It's quite nice. Wonder what, good, good wonder what the headline will be on the paper, like "Very Old Man Talks About Very Old Games." Yeah, idiot with a child's brain talks about old video <laughs> games, probably. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting talking to her. It's really good because I also mentioned to her. Um, I said, oh, I don't know if you watch Stranger Things, but this this new series, which I haven't seen any of yet, been told it's really good. I saw the last one. It's centred around Dig Dug. That's sort of a a story part for it. Yeah. But I haven't seen it yet, but it does centre around, around Dig Dug, whereas the old one did sort of Dungeons & Dragons. The kids were always into Dungeons & Dragons. This new one, apparently they're all in the arcade playing Dig Dug. So I have to get into that. I have to watch that soon. Mm. Um, I successfully modded a PlayStation 2. With a hard with a hard drive, I've been tinkering with it. Oh, a tinker! A tinker. I must put it on the tinkering page. Actually, I got a an Ethernet adapter without the Ethernet, so it's basically a network adapter for the PS2. Yeah. The thing you bung in the back. It's a PS2, the fat one, you know, the really big one. Yeah. So basically, that hole in the back is put putting a hard drive in, because I think you can rip games to your hard drive with it, and you, usually you can put an Ethernet to go online and stuff. But this one hasn't got Ethernet; it's just for the hard drive. So I put a hard drive in there, followed some instructions which Ben Purity pointed me in the direction of. And I managed to do it. And I put a one terabyte hard drive in there, and I've put a stack of games on there, which I legally own. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yes. So we've got a load of arcade games on there. Dodon Patchy Dai Oju. Dai Oju, a nice Ride, one. Raiden 3, that's really good. Mm. Uh, I think Gradius 3, 4, and 5 on there. Uh, Gunbudo. Yes. Bunch of stuff. Um, she... Castle of Shikigami 2, that's pretty good. Homura, that's a good game. Taito game. That's one of sort of a bit of a bullet hell kind of thing. You'd be into that. Oh, yeah, I've not heard of that. Yeah, some good games on the PS2. And I'm going to put Outrun 2 on there, especially for when you come down. Nice. You like Outrun 2, don't you? I like a bit of Outrunning. Good. So that was really good. I'm glad that worked, actually, because I, mean, I haven't used the PS2 for ages. It's given it a new lease of life. I actually play it a bit more. Looks ace. Oh, And, similar to what you've been doing lately, I've been messing with... Uh, jammer pies again mm. basically it's my goal and a few other people who are working on it to make a cheap setup to put a raspberry pi into a jammer connector of an arcade machine and you just run yeah. so you have to use um, video converters you've got to get some sound out of it you've got to get the key the keyboard running through your arcade controls i've been using a thing called a gert 666 it sounds like something someone from bristol would say it's gert good that is isn't it <laughs> It's GERT666, and it's like, um, it goes on the Pi GPIO pins, the 40 pins, and it enables VGA out, but what you can do is output 15 kilohertz through VGA, which is red, green, blue, the two sinks, and ground. So then you yeah. can go to an arcade JPAC, which can converts all those, those things, your the button presses and your video and sound, all that sort of stuff, into a Jammer arcade machine. And with the help of the excellent, just a minute, Resonant pain. Rich Chunkson, again, helping us out. Guy's brilliant. Uh, managed to get it working on an RGB screen. And it wow. looks glorious. Wow. What, so, what emulator have you got on it? It's got a bunch of emulators, and I'm still messing with the settings on it. But it uses a thing called RPK, which is like a Pi to Jammer adapter. It's quite yeah. expensive, like a lot of them are. They're over £100 to buy, I think. And this is the software, but the software is free to everyone to use. And it uses a track mode, which is a really nice front end. Really simple one. Excellent. Yeah. And I've not really messed with the settings enough yet to work out. Because on those setups, you can have certain games running in certain emulators. So if you find the sort of later games are working a bit better on Final Burn Alpha, 
and the earlier games are working better on, say, Main for All, you can chop and choose which games use which emulator, and all the emulators are installed on there. So it's only been using, I think, Advanced Main, and some of my ROMs aren't working on there because they're obviously older versions. I'll sort that out later. That is, that is a small hurdle to work out. But it works, and it all fits on about six square inches of little board. I'm going to make a little sort of plastic board up for it and screw all the, the different parts to it because it's got the J-Pack, and the Pi 3, basically. And I've made little wires up because you've got to have like a, a male to female VGA wire going from the GERT 666 to the JPAC. And at the moment, I've just got a, a, a VGA extension, which is about a metre long, which is far too long. But I've actually made my own little leads up. You know, it's just like about three or four inch leads, really, really short. Yeah. It's all sort of enclosed on one board. And it's working a treat. I'm really happy with it. And I played... I've got to mess with some settings more still, but a lot of the games work really nicely. But you know the acid test we always try to use on vertical games is Pac-Mania. Because yeah. in MAME it really jitters and jumps, and you can see all the sort of syncing going on. Yeah. The V-sync, I think it's called on MAME. And it's always got a bit of lag going on there. This, it, it's quite jerky, but it jerks fast. It, it runs really quickly, but there's a bit of jerkiness. So there's obviously a setting you can set, and I haven't quite got there yet. And what I did earlier is I set up a a little Pi with just a Linux distribution on there, like a, a, a GUI distribution. Mm. I think it was Debian. So I can actually go into the settings on the Pi SD card and mess with them. But I haven't worked it out yet, and I think Rich went out later on. So I was talking to him on Twitter, and I think he had a dinner to go to as well. So I haven't really spoke to him on that lately. But he it's coming on leaps and bounds, and this thing works now. It's a lot cheaper version of getting one of those boards. So I'm really happy with that. So you've got... Um, how much would the hardware cost then? You've got the Raspberry Pi, the GERT, the Raspberry Pi the is about J-Pack. thirty-five pounds, aren't they? Yeah. And you've got the to get a, you've got to get a SD card, which is a couple of quid, not a lot. You probably need yeah. a sixteen gig minimum, maybe. The GERT six 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 is about five pounds. Only a little little board. Really? Yeah, they're yeah. really cheap. Uh, a wire, a couple of quid. Or you make your own one up if you've got two two VGA ends and some wire and some a very very still hand for the soldering because there's tiny little solder points, especially on. I did a mini USB to normal USB. God, those points are small, and you've mm. got to get it right as well. You've got to get it right. You get it around the wrong way, you can hurt stuff. So right. you know, caution when you do it. You've got to get the right pinouts and check it. And if you've got a little bit of electronic savvy and a bit of know-how, which I've got a little bit, a tiny bit, I did it safely. Nothing blew up. And I'm making it run, the Raspberry Pi and the JPAC run from the Jammer Edge connector, so there's no external power supplies either. Just plug it into the, the Jammer's connector, and that is it. It runs. Turn it on, it runs. Nice. So you've got the you've got the Pi, about 35 quid. The GERT, 5 quid, say. Cut the quid for the wire. Cut the quid for the SD card. The JPAC's about 35, 40 pounds, I think. Right. Have a look on the Ultimark site if you want to get one. They're really good. They work really nicely. Uh, and then get an image for free off the internet. Of RPKed, or I'm sure Rich will probably put it out for you know if it, if it's available to put out if he wants to, and yeah, it's working really nicely. So it's not that expensive in the long run because if you buy one of the setups, which is an all-in-one thing where you just plug your Pi on top of it, they're about a hundred odd pounds. The yeah. one you've got, I think, is the Pi to Jammer. Yeah, but then you've got to buy your Pi as well. So mm. that's you're talking about 140 pounds maybe, that's and quite you- a lot. SD card, uh, your, your little SD card or yeah. memory stick or whatever. Yeah, got to do all that. So it's it's quite a significant saving. But there is messing around to do. There is mm. messing around. Because I don't think you can really... It's quite hard to find like a, a three-inch mini to normal USB cable nowadays and stuff like that. And, and a, a, like a three-inch long 
male to female VGA. So you have to solder your own bits and bobs up. And it's not mm-hmm. difficult. And what I'll do is I'll make little um, hollow legs for the, the PCBs to sit on. I'll bolt it all onto a, a sort of circuit board shaped piece of material as well. So I'll have it all in one go. You can just take it out of one cab, put it in another cab. Simple as that. Brilliant. It works really nicely. I like it. And the front end on there is really good as well. It's a few bugs in the RPK software, not in the front end. And I think Rich is smoothing those out as we speak. Mm-hmm. Really happy with that. So pleased about it. Awesome. Arcade news. Yes, I have just discovered this. I know you haven't. There exists Williams Duramold bubbles and Sinistar cabinets. I knew about the blaster. I didn't know there was a bubbles and Sinistar. You already knew this, didn't you? I did, yeah. It's, it's just a thing. It always has been. Yeah. They're quite yeah. rare cabs. And these Duramolds are basically uh, moulded plastic cabinets rather than wood. Yeah, they look all right. They look, they look, they're sort of rounded. They're weird-looking mm. things. They look like sort of big wheelie bins kind of thing. Mm. Like stillages you put trash in. <laughs> they do look weird. Yeah. yeah. My my cab knowledge is severely lacking. I, when I was a kid, I just saw the games. It's only like in the last few years I've started looking at the boxes they came in. Yeah, when I was a kid, I remember playing certain games. You know, we talk about we used to play Phoenix as a kid. I used to play uh, Turbo. I remember playing that at the chip shop. I used to play a lot of games. I used to play on cocktails. You never really cared about what, what machine it was. You just, no. you know, it's either that's a great game or that the button doesn't work or, you know, the joystick's sloppy. You didn't know what cab it was, whether it was a generic cab or dedicated, whatever. You never knew. And I presume mm. the the people who used to supply the chip shops and, and the, the takeaways and the arcades and the cafes back in the day... They just say to someone, here's a popular game, it'll earn you some money, and wheel it in the door. And the person yeah. who, who owned the, the place it was being put in probably didn't know what it was or cared. So, yeah, it's yeah. just like that. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the, the, but there was, there was a really weird myth about these cabs that they used to get hot, and the plastic used to expand, it used to throw the monitor out the front of it, apparently. <laughs> which, is, which is nonsense, isn't it? High score. Blah. Yeah, blah. Have a monitor. Eat. Have some of that. Have 40,000 volts. Ah! Yeah, that was a little rubbish. But I, th- I could imagine the, the plastic might have moved about a bit if it was hot or whatever. I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't have thought. So if it's moulded, it's not going to move, is it? It's all in one piece. There's nothing to move. Depends, depends how thick the mould was, doesn't it, really? Yeah, I never, ever saw one in the UK as a kid, as far as I remember, because I would have noticed it's, they're quite odd-looking things, aren't they? Rounded. Yeah. yeah they're almost I like did. a sort of tall cylinder, aren't they? Yeah. And I think the Bubbles one was dark blue, where the other ones were black. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a link to a, a, a page called duramold.rothblog.com. Oh, that's uh, Rothy Blog, yeah. Yeah. He's very knowledgeable, that guy. Brilliant. Yeah, that's very good. I never, yeah, never saw any, but I remember seeing loads and loads of normal wooden defenders in the UK. They were everywhere in the arcades and everywhere else. The truck stops used to see them, and I used to play them as well when I was a kid. Mm. Oh, I discovered, talking about discoveries, on the uh, Cabaret Arcade Games Facebook page, which I, I'm a member of, which is brilliant. They have some really cool uh, cabaret cabs and some really rare ones and loads of pictures of stuff in people's collections. That Red Baron got the cabaret treatment. I right. never knew that. Red Red Baron is quite a hard game to find. The original Upright is similar to a full-face battle zone, and yeah. there's also a cockpit you could sit in. I remember seeing the cockpit, but not... I've played a cockpit. Not, it's great. Not back in the, the day. They had one at the arcade barn years ago. Mm, I don't know where it went somewhere. to. It, 
it's a game I overlooked for years. I didn't think it was very good. And I played it in America recently. It's really decent. It's, oh. it's basically uh, an aeroplane version of Battlezone. Right. It's really good. And it came, I think it's just a prototype, this one, in exactly the same cab as a Battlezone. Like I've got the mini cab. Right. And it looks really cool. That would be really... You could, if, especially if you had all the bits, you could make one up yourself. It's only a single joystick. And mm. you could just, you know, if you've got the, the, the monitor and the game board, it probably runs on the same hardware as, as Battlezone. But similar. You could do one mm. if you had a cab. It'd be really nice to have that, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's, it's not one I've ever played, I don't think. Ever. Good game. Good game, good game. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast is back for whoa, one episode whoa. only. Oh, I'll give him a bit of a ping then. Only one? If I think so, yeah. Oh. It's Warlords is covering. Great so, game. A great game which I've recently discovered in the last couple of years at Arcade Club. A couple of things he does mention about Warlords is... Lords of War! When you capture your the fireball, you can you know hold the button capture the fireball. Yeah, it charges up. Do you not know you... this? I didn't know this. I no. played it once and worked that out myself. <laughs> but also, if you the longer you're holding the fireball, it's damaging the wall behind you, so you're damaging your own defenses. Yeah, but when you fling it at someone, it sort of flies across their wall and takes loads of their bits yeah. out, and it's hard for them to deflect it. See, I never use. Oh, I the do. Button. Oh, it's sneaky. I don't use it because it's, it's so sneaky. The gameplay is quicker without the button, and you you can catch people unaware. Yeah, but you can get them unaware because you grab hold of it, turn around the corner, and lob it at them quick, and they're not they don't know what's going on because sometimes there's more than one fireball flying around the screen. Mm. It's really clever take on Breakout. It's really a great clever. game. Oh, it's yeah. awesome! Really enjoy that. Also, also, we have more news from the IAPA show that was in Florida, was it? I've forgotten now, the yeah. last couple of weeks. And it's, I'm always interested in the new games, and there's a couple more here. There's one called Night Hunter from Eunice, which is another on-rails gun game featuring zombies and things. You know, nothing, <sighs> Yeah, nothing new, another one of them. And yeah. Cubes, a game from Coastal Amusements, which is one of them videmption games, as they call them, uh-huh. with one of those huge upright, vertical LCDs that are like 10 feet tall yeah. and it's a one button game and it looks like it's an endless runner kind of thing but it's based on Cuba I think Oh, and you, you're bouncing down the grid of cubes and it's a, it's a scrolling grid and the, the one button that you've got changes direction of your Cuba guy how? You just press got one it. button you just go left yeah you just press it and he changes direction left or right down oh so you're always going left and when you press it he goes right yeah, so you've got to watch out for holes in the grid and bad guys and that. So that's yeah. another one that looks okay, but it's another basically phone game. So I presume that um, the people who made this thought that having two buttons may confuse people. <laughs> Things are getting... We're getting stupefied. Yeah, it's all very dumbed down and it's all just... It really bit. is, isn't it? Racing games, gun games, redemption games, ticket games. That is all there is now. I know uh, the arcades. Uh, but, but we have the rhythm games, and they are pretty yeah. good. They're good. They're we good, like the yeah. rhythm games, don't we? The rhythm. So that's all there is now in the arcades, kids. You should go back to 1983 with us. Yes. Time warp. Come with us. <laughs> yeah, come with us. It's all right, that one. On a journey of arcades. Into the unknown thing. We do know them. Yes, we do. Guess what, Vic, Vic, Vic? Oh, go on. A new game called Rashlander. Rashlander. Based, based on the airframe hardware, which Sky Curse is on. It is. 
that's coming out soon-ish. I think they're saying sometime next year. I haven't looked to this yet. What's the game about? It's a bit like a asteroids meets gravitar kind of vibe to it. I like the asteroids part of it. Don't like the gravitar part of it. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So watch out for that. Oh, I've I have actually personally got some airframe hardware. Ooh. You have. Ooh. Good. <laughs> I'll have to look um, into that. Actually, sounds good. Yeah. This is, there's some more stuff coming out for hardware, so that's good. And I've just discovered this in about the last hour before we're recording. There's a a London pinball club opening in Croydon called Flip Out. Ooh, Flip Out. Flip Out. And it's 40 pinballs from Ooh. 1936. Wow. The first one right up to present day, you know, like your, your Game of Thrones and stuff like that. Oh, well, cool. And there's t- there's a link to... Croydon Advertiser, which is a newspaper, and they're interviewing the two owners. Is this in the town, or is it sort of offbeat somewhere? Do you know? I'll, I'll tell you where it is with a click of the magic mouse button. Croydonia. It's in Croydonia. It's in. Hang on. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Rawhide. <laughs> it's disappeared. What? The whole pinball place? No, the address. It was on this page. We shall put some links in the show notes. Oh, got anyway. it. Unit 10, James Industrial Estate, Mill Lane, Croydon. Oh, so that's on an industrial estate then? Yeah. Okay, sounds pretty decent though. I'll have to get a trip mm-hmm. out there and have a look. I wonder if they've got any video games. No, I think it's just pins. Oh, we should, we should, we should tempt them into putting some video games in there as well. Should do, shouldn't we? Yeah. Arcade pickups. Have you got any pickups lately? Yes. Oh, you have. I know you have. Yes. Tell us about your pickups first. People been giving me things. Yes. Giving me things. I got a Mario badge last night. A little, a little a Mario badge. A little mushroom Mario badge. Yeah. Oh, nice. Who gave you that? I can't remember. Oh, well done. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah. Was you slightly liquidated? A little bit. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, my learned friend Victor Marlin has bestowed upon me Vincent the, Marmite, the finest of printed circuit boards in the form of a Moon Patrol. Oh yes, because. I don't want it. <laughs> I've been trying to sell it, and no one flipping buy it. I'm and you like it, so you can play it. And yes. you gave me some the softest of button micro switches. Yes, the which are pur- great. The purple ones—they're really light touch, aren't they? Yeah, I've got them. The with cab. buttons, they measure them in weight. I think so. If you put a pound of weight on them, it would depress the switch, or say half a pound, or a kilo, or I don't know what it is, what the the measurement would be, but they're, they're really. A low number, so say a couple of grams would just press the button. Yeah. Yeah, really soft. Great. Are they okay in the buttons, are they? feel okay. Yeah, great for shooters and stuff. Yeah, brilliant. Nice. And you sent me, this is all for my birthday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. say that. Yes, yes, yes. The most cheesiest of rectangular savoury snacks known to man. Them Cheez-Its. Cheez-Its. I'll give you a bag of them. This was half the box I bought. How I think, good are them? I think... In American size, it's a th- it was a three-pound box. God. That's a lot of Cheez-Its. I've ate all mine now. I'm quite miffed. I've got no Cheez-Its left. I do like well, Cheez-It. I had about 20% of them, and wife just loved them. <laughs> they, they're gone. They've eaten more. I'm going to America. I'm going to New York in February mm. for the wife's Ooh. birthday. For my wife's birthday. Yeah. So uh, I will bring some more back with me. Excellent. Definitely. We like a Cheez-It. How many can you fit in a suitcase? Not many, they're flipping big boxes. But I could take them out of the box, couldn't I, perhaps? Yeah. Mm, I'll try and get two boxes back with me. That would, <laughs> che- that would cheese me right up for a while, mate. 
I'm cheesed up, mate. Cheesed right up. <laughs> yes, they are. Cheese its are a console and arcade snack, as are biscuits. Yes. But cheesier. Yeah. Mm, you can just throw them in your face. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Else? Ooh. Yes. I had a message from our Rich Chunksin. He's ours now, everyone. Yeah. Under our wing, arcade wing. He says he's got a spare scanline generator for an LCD screen. Do you want it? I said, oh, yes, please. I've got one of them. Yeah. I put I... it in me. Put it in the, the little Linux PC that I've got set up over there. Look, kids, over there. Yeah, over there, behind him. And it works great. It does. It's not exactly perfect. You can tell it's an LCD still, but only just. It's pretty damn good. Do you know what I might have to send you? Yeah. If you give me the dimensions of the monitor you're using, mm. I will, I've got some spare tinted perspex. And I can make a little overlay thing for you. It just sits on the front of the monitor, so you can actually put um, a, per- a perspex, dark perspex on it. You, you makes the monitor look more arcadey. Right. That might be an idea. Give it a go. Mm, I've got that in there at the minute. It's just it goes from the VGA out of the PC, then it sits there and it goes to the in of the that's monitor. Right. That's so, and there's a little turny knob on it, and that's all you I've do. I've got one exactly the same. I bought one off of Eric Banana just for a fiver at CNP's mm. meet a little while ago, and it works really. I tried it out; it looks really nice. But I don't actually use LCD screens in a cab. But mm. if I ever make a little bar top or something, I'll use it in there. Yeah, it's just well, mine's just sitting on the tabletop, as you know. I think because you can actually dial the thickness down to nothing up to really fat lines and it looks quite yeah. good quite like it yeah. yeah i don't think it introduces any lag as well does it no i can't detect any at i all. cannot detect any lag so that's great i have got a ton of things oops again right, first not big th- well one big thing only one big thing got some bits for the pc engine uh, i was fixing uh, a pc engine from garen he gave it to me when i was at the london video game market and basically, he said the power wasn't working on it. So I got it home, plugged the power in the side of it, and on the PC engine, there's no lights on there, so you don't know if it's come on or not, if you, you know if there's no display on the screen. So I plugged in my EverDrive, which has got a little light on it when you plug it in, and it was coming on just briefly. So I wiggled the power supply around, and it was coming on. And yeah. basically, inside the, the little barrel connector on the PC engine, where you slot the power supply into, it was really black and tarnished. So what had happened is, over time... It just tarnished itself up, you know, with sort of in and out with power and it arcing. It made it all black. So I whipped that one out, popped a new one in because I had a load of components left over from an old project. Works fine. So what I did then is I RGB modded it because on the back of it there's a load of pins. There's like 68 pins or something on the back of it. And if you use certain yeah. pins, you can attach it to RGB. So I attached it to an old cable I had lying around, an old SCART cable, and just wired it up with these little pin connectors I had. And it works fine. So what I've done now is I've actually RGB modded it properly. I've got a little barrel connector in the side of it, took off the RF and put a little barrel connector in, wired it up internally to RGB and made him a wire for it. So I'll do all of his in, in, basically in the end. He's got about six or seven that don't work. Right. It's basically got a wall of PC engines at his house. Yeah. <laughs> in the garden, probably. So that's pretty good. I've got the GERT 666, which I'm now using on Mi Pi, which works good. lovely. PlayStation 2 network adapter, which I've now got in the PlayStation 2 with a hard drive. That's mm-hmm. working lovely. Tons of games on there. Uh, also, my biggest pickup, which happened just a few hours ago, Sub Electro Isis number four. Yes. Another cabaret. 
that's going to have to sit in the back garden, isn't it? No, 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 no. Basically, it fits in the garage at the moment. Just. Uh, this was a swap with Simon Dennison for... Mm. He got this off a friend of his. He bought it off a friend of his, and he swapped it with me for my last Space Fever cocktail cabinet. Right. Which is pretty good, because no one was buying the damn thing. And it's good to get another cab out of it. And the cab he brought me is really nice looking. It's probably probably the best one I've got so far, the nicest looking one. And it's got what's looked like um, a new old stock monitor in it. Nos. Oh. The monitor looks really clean. There's no dust on it at all. It looks brand new in the back of it. But I was trying to dial in a picture. I think it needs adjusting a little bit. And maybe you need a cap kit. I don't know. I'll probably do one anyway. Don't mm. take much to do that. It's really. I've got to work out what game I'm going to put in it. What should I put in it, Sean? Ooh. Ooh. Something good. That's going to happen. <laughs> I might put kangaroo in it. No, I said something good. <laughs> you fell into my trap. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna, as soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to go and play with it. How much time mm. to look at it yet? And it's on wheels. This one. It's on little wheels. All right. Which makes it slightly taller than the other one, so I have to take them off. But. It's nice having a cab on wheels when you're messing around with it. Mm, lockable, pull it out, lockable spin it round. Or... Yeah. Oh, I just thought of something else I did earlier as well. Mm-hmm. I forgot until now. Um, my Phoenix cabinet wasn't working properly. You know, I had the, the PCB back of Phil Murray, and he put the high score kit on it. Yeah. It was working absolutely fine with a jammer adapter in a jammer cabinet. Absolutely fine. The free play works on it. The high scores are working. Put it into my Phoenix cab, nothing. No screen, anything. And also... When I put in Pleiades, which I got off of um, Stuart Tracy, there was no sound on it, but the game was working. What I've worked out is the connector inside the cabinet is a really old connector, and the little gold pins in the connector have been pressed down. Where it's been having PCBs put in in and out over the years, it's just pressed and squashed the connector down. Inside the connector, little gold pins... And what is happening, they weren't making contact. So what I did is I whipped the back of the cab open earlier when I was doing something else, when I had some time. And I put a little pin in there and just pulled the contacts up. So they're they're actually touching on the PCB now. Plug the board in, perfect. Brilliant. So what I'll actually do is I'll properly replace that connector. I'll actually do it properly. Mm. Is that it? That is it. We've both had some this week, that's cool. Arcade Victorian Insults. I trust you have been having a pleasant morn, Augustus. Heavens upon Fotheringham, no! A particular video game classic that I hold dear to my heart, The Kangarooist, has been slighted by a flybinet blogger called Anthony Templeton Smiley. Damn his eyes, and if he isn't careful, I shall give him a sound fisting the next time we shall meet, Jeremiah. I say, steady on, old Beanington. With that last sentence, my monocle fair shot out from my eye socket. I'd rather you've refrained from your cursed words. <clears throat> Forgive me, sirs and madams listening. I merely maintain that I would partake in a duel of fisticuffs with this scoundrel. The fellow is a barn sniffer of the lowest denomination and a sodden flap filly, but he does have a point about canker poop. Ouch! You have dislocated my chin glove. Listener feedback. Nick73 has sent us some feedback. Just want to echo what's already been said about both of you getting your own trading cards. Definitely well deserved. Podcast was something I never listened to, but gave the 10 pence a listener early this year after Neil 1637's recommendation. I got quickly hooked and smashed the back catalogue in a few weeks. 
Just what I was after when I was getting into the hobby and looking for my first cabinet. Yours has led me onto other podcasts and I've given them all a go, but none are a patch on the ten pence. The high school competition Woo-hoo. and banter on Twitter are just the icing on the cake. Great work, guys, and well done again. Thumbs up. Right, he goes on. Enough praise. Sadly, work and life has got in the way and I've not been able to join with the last few games or leave some feedback. One thing from episode 97 and previous episodes, as a massive VR fanboy, I have keep meaning to try and convert you both, but unfortunately a bit of time, so that will have to go on the back burner. One good thing about working so much overtime that's going to pay for my new Astro City from Ollie and also a Nintendo Switch on Black Friday. Result! Result. Another one of my little Switch friends there. Mm. Lewis Batcave has put great podcast once again. Missed out on this episode. This episode's game thanks to a dodgy USB stick and an exploding laptop. All, all set up now, so on with Kangaroo. You told me earlier that Lewis had a problem fitting your bank panic PCB to his cab. Did he yes. sort it out? What was that? What happened there? Well, you suggested the pins may be a bit bent. Yeah, yeah. When you plug uh, a jammer cabinet in, if you've got a sloppy connector. Sometimes you can't get the, the pins don't quite line up and you get some funny results. Was it just that? I think he was using the wrong jam on his jammer connector. I think so, yeah. And about 10 minutes later, he was messaging me pictures of scores. It wasn't just Lewis being daft. <laughs> so I messaged him back, said, this podcast, what was it, number 60-something, where one of our listeners got 800,000 or something. John Monkers, was it? Yeah, got I think a so. huge amount of score. I think I was on 360,000. That was pretty good as well. Yeah, I thought I was 240-odd. I wasn't so good at that one. Nice. I'm glad he got it working anyway. So, Alex, Nintendo Arcade. So pleased for you guys being honoured by Walter Day. This is the trading cards again. You've always been consistent with your podcast and always helpful with tips, shout-outs and current news. I know how hard it is to keep going, especially with the amount of work you put into the show. But I know the community really appreciate being there. So keep up the great show and well done again for your accomplishment. Well deserved, guys. You rock! Thank you, Alex. Cheers, mate. Danny Frothmeister said, pretty much nailed it for me, what Alex said. Massive well done, guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Danny. Eric Banana. Great podcast again. The Outlaw Hill competition, which was at Chris CMP's, was really good, and we all got into it. It was such a good groove game. Sorry I kicked your ass, Victor. <laughs> yeah, you did. 3-0. And I can't believe Sean hasn't really played R-Type much. Yeah, I have to remedy that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Flinster says, yeah, that was a bit of a jaw-dropper. Shame on you, Mr. Holly. Shame on you. The way the weapons power up in our type is is pure loveliness. Shame IRM never really built on that further. Hope the release of the new Walter Day cards warrants another huge drunken gathering at Arcade Club. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, oh, yeah. Rich Chunks in. Massive congratulations, guys. Very well-deserved accolade. You guys are awesome. And gives us a little clap. The golf clap. Yes. Troll Nads has been at it. Uh-oh. He said he said Charlie Farr got out got off without even a mention on your podcast with his dirty trick of putting a time pilot eighty four score in right at the death. What was his trick? Being really good at the game. That's what I said. There's no trick, he's just good. There's no trick to that. He wasn't keeping one in his pocket. No. I think we pretty much guessed that he was gonna beat us anyway. Yeah. Uh, this Jimmy G from the Pie Factory Podcast. I'm curious as to your take on this game, Time Pilot 84. In my honest opinion, I probably think much higher of it if you didn't have the word Time Pilot named to it. I said that. Mm, absolutely, that. absolutely agree, Jimmy. Mm. We've had a listener request for a game from Matthew Bridge. He recommends that we try Ant Eater, which you like, don't you? I do like Ant. I really like the floppy-eared Ant Eater at the top of the screen. And you've got a long <laughs> tongue. 
it's a really <laughs> weird game, but it's really cool. I quite like it. Yeah, yeah we'll do that in the future, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, and Sal, Sal Buglirisi. Kangaroo is the best game ever. Seriously, though, it's actually not that bad, but could have been way better. The sprites didn't flicker, the collision detection actually worked, and the music wasn't so damned annoying. Anyway, here's my best effort, and he gave a score. I'm going to try and crack 50,000 before the deadline. Jeepers! But it's probably never going to happen. We'll see. Oh, and also, sorry, Sal. We missed Sal's feedback last week. That was my fault. He sent it to my 10 pence email account, which I don't check that often. And I've given him my proper email and my personal email. So we're going to get Sal's feedback every time now. Thank you, Sal. Right. Shout out. First shout out for me. Hoppy birthday or happy birthday to Bobby Idod. 50 last Saturday. He's an old get. You're old. Yeah. He went to the video game museum that I visited on Sunday, as we talked about earlier. Hope you had a great time, Bobby. Yeah, shout out to Bobby, especially because he was seen wearing a 10p t-shirt with his he photo was. taken with the Oliver Twins. Great. What happened, right, is on, I think, the Saturday morning, before we were about to head off to Nottingham, me and wife, I was talking to him on, I think, Facebook Messenger we talk, or maybe Twitter, I can't remember. And I said, oh, what time are you getting there? Because I was going to pay for his ticket for him to get in, but he'd already pre-booked it, this silly sod. So what we're going to have to do, I'll talk to you later. We've got an idea for a little present for him. Oh, excellent. Cool. Yeah, he, he did actually ask if I wanted to wanted to go with him because he had space in his car. Oh, right, okay. But um, to be honest, I'm like you, I'm not that much into the Dizzy games, but I, di- I did want to see the museum, but I'll, I'll pencil that in for New Year, I think. Yeah, thank you. Massive shout-outs to Kerry and Vip. They're an awesome company and a lovely big new house. Uh, Vip now has a working arcade machine in his art room to play on when he isn't arting up his university assignments. Nice. I'm going to give a shout out to all the arcade bloggers. There's quite a few of them now. Tony Temple, Smarty Martin, Chris CMP, Neil 20 to 5, Ed Freeze, and there's a few others I've probably forgot, but shout outs to them because they're all a good read. Well, as the Victorian insult has said earlier, Tony Temple could eat my farts <laughs> because he wasn't nice about kangaroo. There, I've said it. Well, there's quite a and few I mean people. It. I mean it. You people that are not nice about kangaroo. They can all eat my farts. Oh, that's a lot of farts, Vic. Yes. (laughs) And the shout out once again, star of the show, Rich Chunksin, for helping me figure out Linux permissions and stuff. I did actually figure quite a bit out myself. I'm proud of that. Cool. How the commands to copy from, you can batch file. What you do? I know it's a bit boring. You can, there's a there's a main command, list no clones. So you list all the clones, you export that to a text file, then you use the text file to, <laughs> to copy across the proper games into another folder, delete the clones. Brilliant, simple, brilliant. Sean, yep. you have deserved and earned the right to be alone. It's great, I love Linux. Anyway, it's, thank you. The only thing I don't like about Linux is I wish I knew it. Mm. If it was DOS, I'd be fine. I'm pretty good well, with DOS. This one I'm using is like a very basic, uh, like a. It looks like Windows Seven, I would say. It's called Lubuntu. I think I've mentioned it before. Lightweight Ubuntu. Yeah. So, so the learning curve is not as steep as some of the others that you may see. You know, it's it's familiar when you switch it on, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I've got um, one of my Pies. I think it's the Pi One, running a very similar version to what you said. I'm not sure. It's very. It Maybe a Debian, I can't remember. There's so many tons of different versions of it. Raspbian, yeah. But what I use that for is for reading the SD card from my MAME setups. Because mm. you can read them properly on there and alter things and change. It's just like a Windows environment or a, or a Mac environment. Yeah. It's just, just a GUI system, isn't it? Point and click, no problem. It's quite easy yeah. using that. So I've done that as well. Um, Simon Dennison, 
uh, met him again earlier for delivering my new ISIS and taking away the cocktail cabinet. Always a pleasure to have a cup of tea with Simon. Four Quarters Bars are doing very well indeed, he's telling me. Oh, See, excellent. He's part owner goodness. and runs those oh, really well. They're doing really well, yeah. Also, last one for me, obviously, Rich Gregory, a.k.a. Chunksin. What a guy. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to buy or sort of source some new sound equipment to give him um, a, a special sound of his own for helping us out. So something above a resonant ping. What's above a resonant ping? A resonant ping pong bell. A bell. Could get go and get a church bell. They're a bit big. <laughs> then you could headbutt it. Boom. Uh oh. Yes. I understand. You, sir, have got a tech tip. I am. I'll let you take it away. Tech tips. Yes, it's great, kids. Oh, God. Okay, this tech tip is obviously needed in the arcade scene. It is about celebratory backflips, right? What, what are we talking about here? Is this when you complete Ghosts and Goblins? You've just looped a really hard game. Mm, you feel happy. Yeah, you feel happy. You feel the need to do a backflip. I do. Okay. These are not easy. So no, they are not. Not with our backs. Here's some tech tips on backflips, painstakingly researched off the internet, the first link I got to. Step one, picture your success. Picture it, Vic. I'm just thinking, just beating that last boss up on Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting You're, that. Yeah. Yes. No, this, no, you've done that. This is your backflip. Oh, thing. Okay. Okay, step two, fast counter movement. You're ready to you're ready to go, you you crouching, right? I'm like a panther. <laughs> yeah. Step three <laughs> throw your arms up and drive through the balls of your feet. I usually drive through a car. I don't know. But the, I don't know what that means. But drive through the balls of your feet. So throw your arms up like you just yeah. don't care. Yeah, wave your hands in the air. Yeah. Like you just, Step four, propel yourself backwards with shoulder flexion and triple extension. I, I will try that. I've not done much shoulder flexion lately, but I'm sure it's quite good for you. Step five, tuck your knees in towards your chest. You're halfway through the backflip at this point. You're in midair. Mid-air. You've got to remember all this. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Step six, pull your legs in, obviously. Step seven, land upright on the flats of your feet. Ba-da. Like a, an acrobatic cat. And then make that sound. In Ba-da. a hat. <laughs> what have you written here? Step eight. Step eight, cautionary. Look in the mirror to see if your beard isn't flown off and end up in someone's mug of coffee. Nobody wants that. Yeah, that's just for me, I would imagine. Beard and coffee. That's not, not, not a sentence I like to hear. Coffee in your beard is all right because you can have it a bit later. You've given a link here, which I will put begrudgingly in the show notes for you. <laughs> Do a backflip, yeah. <laughs> As with all of Sean's tech tips... <coughs> seriously, do not try this. No, this is... This no, is no, 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 don't. We'll get sued. Do not try this. Do not do a backflip. You will hurt yourself. If you did it in arcade club, you might hit another cab behind you. Might do. And break mm. every bone in your body. Especially your spleen bone. Don't want to is break there, that. You don't want to break that, a spleen? spleen? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Wow. Next. It's very, very educational, this podcast, isn't it? Top 100 arcade games. 
okay, this is the top 100 games. We're looking at our perfect arcade somewhere in a brilliant place, and this is... Arcade paradise. This is game. We're getting up to the top 100 now. This is game 86. No, it's not. It's 85. I don't know what it is. It's 80 to 85, something like that. I think anyway, so. Right, I'm going to pick a game that we played a long time ago, and I really enjoyed it, and I forgot about it until I saw it in MAME today. Jump Bug. Is that the one where you jump on the buildings? Yeah, what a really good game that is. Is this one where Lesley beat the world record? It is. Oh, yeah. that's a great little game. We played that yeah. in, the, in the hotel when we did a function that time. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Roadrunner. I think that's this is an underrated beep, beep. game. You've got to play it in a cab because of the analog stick. Uh, you know what? I don't see it. You don't like it? I don't see it. Everyone got really into it at Nerg one year, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, since then, me, Jim Bagley, and Neil Twenty to Five have sort of been competing together. I've been left way behind, but they're Whoa, really bam, jaggly, bam, balam. They're really good at it. And three Toa Plan shooters: the Mighty Toa Plan vertical shooters. You know I love them. Fire Shark. No alarms and no surprises there. Go on. Fire Shark is a great game. Twin is it a Hall. shark that's on fire? No, it's it's a World uh-huh. War II. Uh-huh. It's a World War Two biplane thing. I think that one. Mm-hmm. Twin Hawk, another great shooter, nice graphics, very difficult because it's Terraplan. And Grindstormer, which is like an alien kind of futuristic one. There is a version of this game called V5 with a different power-up system in Japan, but I prefer Grindstormer. I always get Grindr. mixed up with a Storm of Grinder. Do you? No. Storm of Grinder. Mm, very nice. Just look up Grinder. you see what happens. Mm. That's it. That's it for me this week. And my ones, Red Baron in a cabaret cabinet. That'd be cool. Must play that. Really enjoyed Red, uh, Red Baron when I played it in America recently. Really good little game. Uh, Time Pilot 84. I enjoyed Time Pilot 84 on the last podcast so much, I'm going to put it in my arcade. This is not in a converted cab. This is in the original cabinet, the rare cabinet that came out. I like the look of it. Track and Field. I used to play as a kid. I'll have to have it in there because people will want to play it, won't they? Yeah, I think so. Because it's an arcade, not just for me. It's for other people as well. So they'd like that. Oh, uh, my, Mine's a, just for me. Here's <laughs> a really old game. Seawolf. Old black and white game. Play it in May, yes. absolutely rubbish. Play it in a proper cabinet, brilliant. Have you played it then recently? Or I played it in America a few years ago. And I used to have one at the barn because I helped fix it. It's a really, You look through a periscope and you see a black and white, but it's got all sort of... Um, it's got mirrors in it, like the half mirrors. So you've got like a, a scene mm. and it's got LEDs or some kind of bulbs actually in it. So when you get exploded, these red lights go near your eyes. It's really clever how it works. But in MAME, I haven't got any of that because you haven't got the atmosphere. It's yeah, a really I, cool little game. Really nice. I remember seeing a few of these when I was younger and I never played them because at that time I was like in, you're well into Galaxian and Space Invaders and this seemed poor to that because it was one of, missile. It's sort of almost half a electromechanical game mm. as well with, with a periscope. It's really good though. It's really cool. You know how we played... Was it Interceptor? We played... At, Eurocade, that really old game with the sort of handlebars, like all yeah. the LEDs. It's like that. It sort of works with electronics as well as the video screen. It's mm, really space cool Encounters. Game. Space, space Encounters, encounters. Right? yes, it's yeah. that one, yeah. And also Death Race, the game I used to own. Really old yeah. game, 1976. Cool game with the little squeaky guys you run over. Yeah, Ooh, massive ah, cab. Ah, Great artwork. Yeah, lovely. That's my five. La la la, it's music with time. Okay, Vic. I'm ready. Uh, are you ready? This, it's tough. It is tougher, but it's not impossible. I think a couple of them you're going to have to sort of deduct. Well, what you'll probably do is read them out by accident anyway, so it'll be okay. 
like you usually do. <laughs> right, here we go. He's the first, first one. one first one first. Is that a speeded up version of Pac-Man? No, but it is a Pac-Man clone. I'll give you that clue. There's about 500 to... Pac-Man clones. I know. Do you want it again? Go on. The one I'm thinking of that's quite popular is Hangley Man. No. Piranha. Yes. Is it Piranha? Yeah. Hey! Yeah, half a point for that. Oh, come on! <laughs> right, here's the next one. You ready? Go on. Easy, Super Cobra. No way! How did you get that? <laughs> I've got the PCB with you. Oh, <laughs> two! God damn it! Right, here's the next one, and you won't get this. Go on. You might do, actually. Do you know what? Yeah. I think I know it. Is it Pluto? No. Because there's no, a game called Pluto. Pluto. It sounds like it's playing a, a, a church hymn. That's not Pluto. All these are early 80s yeah, games. Yeah, Pluto but... is an early, early 80s game. It's a twin skit game. Never heard of it. Go on, I'll play it one more. Go on, then. No, I can't get it. It was only a Jump. guess being Pluto because it sounds like a, a church hymn. Unless, unless I'm getting the name wrong of it. I thought it was a game called Pluto. It is a game that we have covered in the past a long time ago. We've covered it? Yeah. Okay. You didn't like it. Don't know. I could quickly Google it like you did the other week, you cheat. <laughs> Here's number four. Go on it. Is that Pandora's Palace? No, but it is Konami. Play it again. Oh, Lost Tomb. No, no. Tomb Calm. Yep, yep yes. Tomb Calm, well done. Right, end. here's the fifth one. Ready? Go oh, on. you might not get this one. These are tougher, but you're still getting them, you git. <laughs> I'm good at these. That's an old shooter, isn't it? Kind of. I'll play it again. Oh, I'm not sure about that one. That's an old one. Mm. I'm not going to get that. Give it to me. It's a vector game. Oh, vector game. Oh, it's not uh, Major Havoc. It is Major oh, Havoc. okay. I don't really know Major Havoc because I'm not that keen on it. And this is your bonus for 10 bonus points. You Ooh, might get this one. So I'll get one. 13 if I get this right. It's a, it's a song. It's a very famous song. You'll get this. Ah, put it on mute quickly. It's horrible. Stop, stop. Just stop it. Why? Stop it. It's horrible. Obviously, you get that. There's, it's no one scream- of the most- There's no shouting and screaming. I don't like it. It's one of the most famous hard techno tracks of all time. You don't get it? No idea. Do you want me to give you a clue? Go, no, just tell me what it is. Get it over with. Please <laughs> stop. Jeff, please stop. It's, it's Jeff Mills, the Bells. Who? Jeff Mills. You know Jeff Mills? No. Techno Detroit techno pioneer. Well, Absolutely no idea. Come on, Vic. I'm going to edit all this out. Me not. <laughs> please anyway, stop it. It's painful. Don't like I can't it. stop. It won't stop. I don't it's like it. 
So I only get three, was it? Uh, yeah, I think Your incredibly so. tough quiz, I got three out of five. You got Piranha. Yep. Super Cobra. Yep. You didn't get number three. Do you want me to tell it? Tell What's you. number three? Oh, that's... If it's the game I'm thinking of, I might have got the name wrong. What game is it? Bump and Jump. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Is that the game I really hate? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can hear the car jumping in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. That game... That game I really disliked because I didn't like the inertia of being bumped around. So I only played it probably once. Yeah, it's I can, not I can see, around. I can see it as you play it. I can see the game and, and yeah, correlate the two. Yes, you play games that I don't like. <laughs> so was that like three and a half out of five or I three? I think so. Not bad. Not bad for me. That's very good. I'm disappointed. I thought you were going to get none. Featured game review. Right to start off a featured game review. Let's play. A bit of the advert. There's a brand new video game that's really turning heads. Atari's Kangaroo. More family fun than a barrel of monkeys. Kangaroo is a great character game that appeals to people of all ages. The basic gameplay can be easily learned by children who are delighted by the appealing characters, the calliope sound effects, and the theme of the game. This is Kangaroo, made by Sun Electronics Corp and released by Atari. The game came in a full upright, same shape as an upright centipede, and also a Euro cab made in Tipperary Island, shaped like the Euro Dig Dug, which I've got. Now, basically, this game, right, I installed the PCB, because I sold the cab years ago. I had a Lauven Automatics game, a prototype of it, German game. Uh, yep. And it's a sunboard, but it's got some really weird connectors on it, going to a satellite board with Konami 36 adapter on it. Which is really weird, because it's got nothing to do with Konami games. Unless they, they put it in a cab they had that was reserved for a Konami game. I don't know. Maybe they put mm-hmm. a kit on it. So basically, I had two good games of it. And I was on 24,400 with two lives left over. And I kept getting little little dots come on the screen. They turned into lines, and then it went upside down and stopped working. And it died. So it mercifully killed itself. Harumph, it died, right? <laughs> and the hate from all you 10 points score Twitterista killed my kangaroo PCB. I hope you're all proud of yourselves. Turds. It's a t- Vic. We'll talk about it later. It Go on. Died. My board. As I was playing it, that doesn't happen that often. It died on me, and I got a good score. Darn mm. it. Basically, this game is a six-way joystick. Right. Count them six ways. This is left, right, jump up, jump left, jump right, and down to duck down. Whoop whoop. That's what noise it makes when you jump down. Uh, and a one-button game. It's uh, for punching, fisting, mm. even. Oops. Care for your monocle. The game uses a Z80 CPU at 3 megahertz and an AY8910 for the sound, which is weird because it sounds awful. The same hardware is also used on another Sun game released by Atari, Arabian. Mm-hmm. So how do you play this game? It's a very basic Donkey Kong ripoff. Come on. It's that, isn't it? It is really. Let's, let's yeah. be obvious. You walk along platforms, climb ladders, and get to your baby Joey at the top because you are a mama kangaroo. Uh, you play- I'm a mama kangaroo. A mama kangaroo. That's what I am from New York. <laughs> You punch monkeys in face. Right in face. Uh, right, right in chops. Right in face. Right in Avoid chops. them lobbing apples at you. And then the chimp at the top lobbing down apple cores. The apple cores sometimes bounce as they fall down the levels, rather like the barrels on Donkey mm. Kong. Like you... the rock and rope thing, that was a bit annoying, weren't it? The rocks on rock and rope. Yes, very similar to that, yeah. You can punch the apple cores for points, though. Uh, only the apple cores, not the apples that the monkeys throw at you. On the second level, you can, because they throw them at sort of middle height which you can punch. 
But when they throw them, they throw them above and below. So you either duck down or jump over them. Uh, avoid the big ape when he comes out as he nicks your boxing glove. You take too long and this ape comes out. It's pink ape. He's pink. Pink ape. Just think about mm-hmm. that for a moment. And he nicks mm. your boxing gloves because when you press the fire button, you can punch the monkey's rat in face. And when you have your gloves nicked only for a short period of time, you, you throw up a, a white flag like you're in, in defence, but it doesn't defend you. And you can't punch for a small amount of time. But if you're quick, you can punch a big ape in the chops for 800 points and avoid him half inching your gloves. Uh, don't let anything that moves touch you or you lose a kangaroo life. The big ape can touch you, though. He won't kill you. Just nick your gloves. The cheeky, right, the cheeky Robin get. Get. Uh, so level one, a quick go through the levels. Only four levels. Uh, collect all the fruit while doing this level. So you walk right, punch monkey in the face, up the ladder, punch monkey in the face, walk left, up ladder, walk right, ring the bell if you want. And that will make more fruit available. So it starts off, I think, strawberries, and it goes to like plums and grapes, and at the end, pineapples. And they're all mm. worth more points as you go through. So you can go back down the level, get in the fruit again, go back up the level, ring the bell, go back down the level, and so on and so forth, and get all the fruit. You get good bonus points if you do that. But your bonus at the top is going down all the time. But it's quite slowly. So you, I don't know what happens when your bonus goes to zero. Do you lose a life? I think you do, yeah. I never or let it go a- that far. I don't go down to 100 before. You fall asleep, maybe. <laughs> so uh, yeah pineapples are the last ones worth 800 punters each so level 2 hop left and right jumping up and across platforms do not allow your daft kangaroo to fall off of anything at any height I know it's terrible one small amount of height like a log height you jump up with logs you will die you will fall off and die which is ridiculous uh, obviously you'll fall off and towards your doom so get to the top and free baby kanga Level three, there's a Cage Joey, Monkey Madness, Apple Rain, it's called. Uh, punch out the monkeys, they're stacked up with your little cage on top quite high, about seven or eight of them. Mm. So you punch the monkeys, get them out of the way. They don't move these monkeys, but there's also monkeys coming at you, throwing stuff at you, apple cores raining down in your head. So you've got to avoid all this while punching these monkeys out of the way, and the, the, the cage drops down every time you punch a monkey down. If you keep doing it quickly and avoiding everything, when there's one monkey left, you can jump up the level to get to the joey and do the level. It's quite yeah. easy, that one. I don't usually lose a life on that one, but you've got to be careful of the stuff being thrown at you. Do not wait too long on this level, as the climbing monkeys, they climb up this vine, where there's a bunch of apples. If they get to the top of that and it breaks, the levee will break, and millions of apples will come teaming down on your heed. And you've got no chance. No chance. There's loads of them, and they do not stop coming either. It's not just 10 apples. It just throws like 20 down at you all the time. So it's really mm. difficult to keep alive on that one so level four is basically the worst donkey on ripoff level out of the whole lot you just climb the ladders and platforms to get to the top that's it avoid the monkeys who also climb they only climb down i think they don't climb back up again i've never seen them climb back up again so you can actually work out mm-hmm. where they're going and wait down and they'll come down to you and as they come down go up they will not follow you back up so you can have sort of tactics on that level yeah. that's probably one of the harder ones that level avoid the monkeys uh, and they just lob apples at you but a lot of them at really weird heights as well. so you, sometimes you can't duck down low enough or jump high enough you just got to use a ladder to get out of the way of it and you get killed quite often doing that one after level 4 it loops right back to the start at slightly higher difficulty you can now punch an apple right back in monkeys faces if they lob them at waist height right so they sort of I lob did- them at another height and you can actually punch them back and it'll you get points for hitting the mon- for hitting the fruit and then when it hits the monkey, you knock them out and get points as well. Right, well, I, I played it until I looped it. I wanted to loop it, and then I just switched it off. I didn't even carry on 
So whatever my score was, I switched it off. Shame on you, Holly. I think there might be an in-your-face coming up from me. Definitely is. I right, like this is that. what I think. These are my... I've done loads of swearing, but I won't put that in. I think this game has abysmal collision detection. Granted. Graphics clash and blank each other out. There's like black borders around the kangaroo at some point. It's like playing a ZX Spectrum game, isn't it? Yeah. Which some people it, might like. No. You may die by falling an inch, which you've already said. Yeah. But you can actually leap down to a lower platform. You can leap down. Which yeah, you, is can't, like, you can't hop off a level like you can on Donkey Kong. You have to jump off the level. Yeah. So you're actually jumping higher than you can fall. Work that out. Video game physics. Nonsense. <laughs> and if the stretchy arm monkey appears when you're trying to punch the monkeys to lower the cage on level three, you it nicks your gloves and you wave a flag, so the game then becomes impossible because all the apples fall down and it's just terribly designed. And point blank apple core drops on especially on level four when you're going up, they drop in apples, you've got no chance whatsoever to drop them because they're like just above you. Yeah, you need tactics there, mate. You're not playing the game properly. I don't you want to play work it out ever. where they're going to lob and not go that way. I'm never or, going to play it ever. Or you are ever. correct, and it is Again. really unfair that bit. <laughs> it is, and you've put here great bits. Great there bits. No great bits. The in-between animations are quite fun because nah. you get in between. They're always exactly the same though. When you do the, when you loop the game, you get a little bit at the top with some graphics, and then you get you standing on the left hand side, and a monkey throws an apple at you, and you punch it back, and it, it hits him. So it shows you what you're doing in the next level, basically. On later levels, which are YouTube, because you can't really do the game more than a few times, loops, they throw monkeys at you and apes and cages. Yeah. And all, just basically all the graphics in the graphics memory. They lob at you. <laughs> it's nonsense. Uh, I like the way your dopey kangaroo can't see a massive gaping hole in the platform at the start. There's a little cutscene. And mm. she flops right through the bottom. Doll idiot. Yeah, yeah so there, there's some fun bits in it. And I like the way the... The kangaroo jumps. It's quite a cute animation. It looks a real dopey-looking kangaroo. Yeah. Uh, and I like the monkeys. I like the sort of animated monkeys, but they are a pain in the backside. And they do they do throw uh, an apples at you very close range, and it's really hard. You can actually work out from where they're standing before they throw the apple. You have a brief second before you throw it. You can see whether they're going to throw high or low. Right. But it's not a very different graphic, so you've sort of got to work it out really quickly in your head. Whether to get ready to jump or duck. Right. Mm, you can do it. So, the tips and secrets. a few little tips and secrets I'll work tags. I've been playing this game for years. I used to have the cab of it. But I didn't really play it that much. And it was basically a big amount of space for a game that, to be honest, isn't the best in the world. You're right I'd, there, I'd rather mate. have a game there where I would like to play more often. So, it had to go. But it was the same shape as my Dig Dug. It looked lovely next to the Dig Dug. It looked really good. Mm. So, tips and secrets, right. On the first level, get all the fruits... Get to the top, ring the bell to replenish the fruits, go back down, get all them, come back up again while you're punching monkeys and punching the big ape if you can. Get the, you can keep doing that, keep ringing the bell, going back down, getting them all. And when you get the, I think there's five or six fruits on the level, they're worth 800 points each. There's a few thousand points now, just mm. on the pineapple one. And what I can, what I do as well is when there's a monkey on the side of the screen, because they, they, they climb up and down the side, the right hand side of the screen. And if you're very close to them, it's not wise standing around because they throw at you. You don't know what you're going to throw. If you turn your back on them, they usually walk towards you rather than st- stopping to throw. Then you can turn around and just punch them in the face really quick. Right. They, they don't really tend to. They come towards you if they're not if you're not looking at it. 
almost like Donkey Kong physics where you look away from a barrel and it goes the other way, you know, when you control the barrels. Yeah. They're not as clever as Donkey Kong at all. If you watch the monkeys carefully, as I said, they pause before they throw, and you can see by how they're standing whether they're going to throw a high apple for you to duck or a low one for you to jump over. There is that. Right. But basically the game, it's a bit... It's really unbalanced because the first level you can get quite a few points you can get like 14,000 points on the first level alone but then the second yeah. level you don't really get an opportunity to do that because it's too difficult jumping back down and mm. you'll get killed basically so you just rush to the top third level punch all the monkeys out really quick because you're basically on a real strict timer because if those monkeys get to the top of those apples and pull all the apples down you're dead you won't be able to survive it so that's mm. a quick one and the level four when you're just going up the platforms, you can't really hang about there too long either because your bonus is going down. And the more monkeys throwing stuff at you, the harder it is to stay alive. So that's just a basic... It's only the first level you can get some real points on. So it's not a very balanced game. And as you said, there's a lot of no. flicker. The, the collision texture is not great. Yeah, and if you touch basically anything apart from the big ape, you'll die. So my opinion on the graphics and sound, I quite like the graphics really, apart from the black border clashing bit. I yeah, think that's, the can- that's poor. I think the kangaroo is quite nicely animated. I think the monkeys, I'm looking at it now, it's playing on my cab. I think the monkeys need a bit more animation. Yeah, and, but, they're, and they're bright pink. What's that about? Yeah. <laughs> the sound is annoying and the tune is poor, I'm afraid. Ah, we spoke about this the other day, didn't we? Mm. Um, I read somewhere, uh, they reckoned the main version wasn't accurate because it didn't make the pitter-patter noise of, of the kangaroo jumping. Mm. And you told me, in the dip switches... There is a setting to turn the music off, and it turns yes. the sound effects on. You are correct, sir. I did yep. find it on my cab, so I didn't see it. I did find it on my cab, and the other day I was playing. I was playing all week, the last few two weeks. I was playing on my Naomi cab on what I thought was standard settings. It wasn't. I didn't have the extra life turned on, so I was getting to like 20-odd thousand and not getting any further. And I realised, because I didn't have the extra life turned on at 10,000 points. Oh, you might have got a better score. I got a lot better score. Well, not that much better, but better than you did, which I'm happy about. Uh, so, yeah, I did better when I worked out. You can get 10,000 and then 30,000, every other 30,000. So the 10,000 point one is important. And if you turn the, the, sounds, the sound music in the background, is a really shrill... Is it Susanna? Oh, Susanna playing? Oh, I don't know. It's, an old, it's an old tune yeah. that's basically royalty-free. That's why they chose it. And yeah. it is really piercing and painful and annoying. And yeah. obviously, you don't you hear some sound effects, but if you turn the music off, you get a few spot tunes when you do a level, but also you get the little pitter-patter of the kangaroo jumping, just like this. Which I quite like. It's quite cute, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's a lot better. I think it's a lot better with the music off. I have to agree there. And the monitor off. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not that bad. I, the thing is this, right? This game is a bit rubbish, but... For my own reasons, I quite like it. Sentimental value kind of thing, really. I don't know why, because I didn't play in the arcade as a kid. I can't remember it as yeah. a kid. But when I got MAME, I think, I found it and really liked it. Just cause it's, it's, it's just a dopey kangaroo falling through a thing and then going to the top, getting your joey. And it's also a mother rather than a daddy kangaroo, which I quite like. You don't get much of that in arcade games, do you? Not really. No. So I quite like that bit. <laughs> Anyway, the cabinet art, this is where it really shines. I think the cabinet art is fantastic. It is. Yeah. I think they had to... Um, Vintage Atari. They had to step up their ideas a bit, really, because the game wasn't that brilliant. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, 
yeah, the actual cabinet is really, really nice. And you could actually get side art for the wooden Euro version as well, which I've never seen. I've seen it in pictures. I've never seen an actual cabinet. My, mine, my Dig Dug hasn't got side art, and neither did my Kangaroo, but you can get the side art for it, apparently. Little strips of side art. Because I think right. Atari did do that for quite a lot of their cabaret machines as well, but the art is hard to find. I think some of them reproduce it, which is quite nice. Uh, we've got a flyer of that as well, which we're going to put in the show notes. Uh, there's a little bit of trivia about the game. Sun Electronics Corp., who made this game, turned into the Ace Software House Sunsoft. Wow. So Yeah, really of, good. They took right off. They redeemed themselves then. Mm, you could say that. <laughs> and guess what? This is some oh, good trivia. Oh, God. Our friend Trollnads has been at it again. He's put a poll on Twitter. Yeah. He's put 10 pence, worst ever choice. Peter Packrat, Charlie Farr chose it. Kangaroo. I chose the pol- it. The poll tax or laptop repair glitter. I don't know what that is. I think it's to do with Gary Glitter. Not good. But the oh. worst ever choice, he forgot to put the Twitter allowing him an account. <laughs> That's the worst ever choice that has been made. Well, Kangaroo won the worst ever choice, I'm afraid, Vic. Yeah, because he and and all his family signed up for that, I think. <laughs> it was it was a hung parliament, sir. <laughs> Uh, no ports or sequels or legacy to this game at all. Thank God. But yes, if there's any clever listeners out there who can program games, could you just tidy up the game for me, please, and make it nicer to play? That'd be nice. Yeah. I think it'd be good on it. On it might have come out... Do you know what? I've got a feeling it may have come out on the Atari 8-bit computer. And it's certainly on the Atari 2600. It- it did because I played it on the twenty six hundred. I, I remember played it playing on the twenty six hundred the other day on my emulator, and it is actually all right. And to be honest with you, it doesn't have half the flicker the arcade game has, and it's a lot more simple. But it has got the elements of the game. It's a good version of the twenty six hundred version, actually. I remember playing it around my mate's house a long time ago. Yeah. Did you hate it then? To be honest, I thought it was all right because I don't know if I mentioned before we we used to rent games. There was this guy that came round in a dodgy van, and we used to be able to rent games for a in week. My dodgy van. I don't know what they were three pound, four pound, or whatever. So we every week we'd get a new twenty six hundred game. Yeah, it's plenty and of I'd them go, back then as well. I'd go around his house, and he'd go around my house, and yeah, we just yeah, it's, it's really good. So I did play all these excellent twenty six hundred games, not Kangaroo maybe, but I discovered like River Raid, Keystone Capers, Pitfall, all those type of games. I discovered through this rental. Cool because yeah. back in the day you know games were cheaper back then and everything but when you work out with the rate of inflation they're actually slightly more expensive than they are now so there's no way you got that many games as a kid because when we were kids in the, in the 80s and 70s and 80s i suppose you didn't really there weren't as many cheap electronic things around there wasn't ipads and all that sort of gear mm. so we didn't really get a lot you know if, we, if you had a skateboard and a bike that's what you had and you were happy with it it was it was good and you know, if you had if you had an Atari twenty six hundred maybe or a Spectrum or whatever, you didn't really have that many original games. And and on the the twenty six hundreds and then the consoles, you couldn't really copy games back then. Yeah, Obviously cassettes yeah. and discs you could later on, but cartridges you couldn't. So having a a place where you could rent the games would be pretty cool actually. Yeah, yeah, it was really good that. So we've got some scoring going on. Yes, we at the bottom we have three people that have commented that but haven't placed a score but i thought i'd put them in oh so, yeah he's gonna bash my kangaroo aren't you oh yeah that troll now is good this oh, is worse there you go. <laughs> this is worse i repeat worse than peter pat rat and troll could very well be right no there's no man. way 
this is better than Pack Rat. Pack Rat was a mid eighties game. Yeah. This is an early eighties game. Eighty two? Yeah, I think I don't know actually. Well, we can be forgiven for that. Tagster has said Kangaroo is a great game when played in the correct orientation. He was playing it upside down on his GPD because he's Australian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got well, zero points from well done. Australia. Oh, this is interesting. Yes. Charlie Farr did put a score in of zero 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 comma zero 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 zero, and he put plays well with the sound off, much better with the monitor off as well. Well done, Charlie Farr. Woo-hoo. Well, Charlie Farr, I'm going to give him one of these. <laughs> no, you, you need to ping for that. He got zero points. He is a loser. Charlie Farr, David, loser. I think he wins with zero points. It's the most no. impressive score. Rob Player Missile has much better thoughts. 4,200. I still lament the few quarters... Oh, hold on. <laughs> I still lament the few quarters I used for Kangaroo in the 80s. Age hasn't improved at all. I think not 4,200. I don't even care. Mini Missile number two got to the third stage with 6,600, but gets super frustrated with it. If he knew swear words, he'd be using them right now. Well, he gets a bit uh, more of a score later on. Damien W. Damien IW. This this got to be a hashtag, you know. Hashtag Kangapoo. It's that yes, bad. I know. 6,600. <laughs> really not liking it. This is all I can manage. I missed Peter Packrat, but can it really no. be worse? It no. is. It's go, worse. Go and play it, Damien. You'll see what it's I mean. Worse. Benson Rad, 7,200. Was a good fun game. Mm. He likes it. Likely easier when not played with a keyboard. We'll have to find a quicker, better way to play these games. Get a joystick, Ben. Yeah, yeah, little little mame setup or something. Brian Haribo, 8,700. I can honestly say I've never seen anything quite like it. Yeah, see, he likes it as well. Well, see? I don't think so. Paul McCaskey, 10,200. Thought I'd pause to score to get a point. This music is slightly irritating in this one, isn't it? It's very irritating. Mm, Eric Banana, 10,900. Ten Here's my effort. Could be a good game with some decent coding on better sprite-based hardware instead of frame-based. I agree. That man knows technical things. Eric, I challenge you, sir, to make Kangaroo better. Mm, mm. This is Mini Missile number two, one of uh, Rob's kids. 12,400 from Littlen. Mini number two thinks Kangaroo on free play is better than using a quart for one of the better games. Read all other games on the machine. <laughs> right, 13,200 has been scored by Robert Carpenter. Kangapoo, he's put. That's oh. it. That's it, I rage quit after being constantly abused by telekinetic tossing monkeys whose apples do not apply the <laughs> law of physics at all. Me and Skippy couldn't give a Castlemaine forex about bettering that score. That's very good. <laughs> Tim, brother of bronze, 14,800. I can see a game in here trying to get out, but the cheap death has killed my perseverance. It's clearly not finished. No wonder the Atari engineers were livid. Hashtag. Hashtag Kangapoo. Kangapoo. We have some extra information on the Atari engineers later on. Yes. Orange Whip has scored 15,900. Finally looped the game, but still unable to break 20,000. What's the deal with the flag? It's just a placeholder when you've got your box of gloves, basically, to show you can't be punching the monkeys for a little while. Yeah. Oh, Sean Holly. Yeah. Go on, tell us embarrassedly how many points. I'm in about got. 17th place, isn't it? I've got 16,100, turned it off. I am never, ever playing it again. And I apologise to the listeners. Please listen to the next podcast. We will get better. <laughs> you get a hoot, sir. Ooh. Right, Matthew Bridges. In fact, you'll get one of these. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Matthew Bridge has got 16,600. He said, I would have wanted my 10p back if you'd played it back in the day. You've had your game, you're not getting it back. Get out. Ross Ross, 16,900. Why no jump button? Hashtag 10p score. Not sure I'll play much more of this. Music ever so slightly irritating. Kangaroo used to be one of my favourite marsupials too. Yes. Tell you what, here's a little hint, Ross Ross, which I did, and I know someone's going to be really annoyed by it. <laughs> I made my arcade machine use button two as up. So I had up on the joystick and an extra button to, play, to press as jump. Yes. And anyone could have set that. I was the only one clever enough to do it. Ha, ha, ha. So it was a jump button. Yeah, I had a jump button as well as a, a position on the joystick. It didn't need a jump button, I think. Well, you could do that with old uh, old joysticks for 8-bit computers. Because, you know, a lot mm. of the old joysticks, like the Commodore 64 joysticks, VIC-20 joysticks, uh, Atari Spectrum, most joysticks only had one button back in the day. But if you made your own joystick, like I did at school when I was a kid in technology, you could wire a second button as up. Because a lot of games had up or diagonal up as jump, didn't they? Yeah. And then your fire button fired or kicked or whatever you did with it. And you could actually wire another button, and that's basically what I did on my main machine. So I had an extra button to help me. Ah-ha-ha-ha-ha. Oh, cheating. Get him, troll nads. Someone will think that. <laughs> Scott Button Mashing Fun has got 20,500, and he said, that seemed the best I could do for the 20 or so times it was played. Hit detection seems spot on, and this game was fairly enjoyable. He likes it. He likes it. Mm, good. Sell the ball. Play some more. Gangadoo or gangadoot. What's the difference between a kangaroo and a kangaroot? One's a marsupial, the other's a jory stuck in lift. Yeah, a kangaroot. A kangaroot. A kangaroot. <laughs> Tactical genius, 21,800. Right, this is he's got a good point here. Joust, Dig Dug, Pole Position, Cuba, Robotron, Moon Patrol, Donkey Kong Jr., Time Pilot, Xevious, Tron, Gravitar, Burger Time were all released in the same year as this terrible game. Just think about that for a second. I'm not thinking, I'm denying it. I'm in <laughs> denial. I, I got a feeling, I've got to say, Kangaroo was a shovelware game. Yes. Uh, who else have you got here? Mark Bell. Being from Australia, I can attest that kangaroo is 100% accurate to real life. Yeah. That the natural predator and enemy of a kangaroo is a pink monkey. I thought that. I saw it on a documentary once. Mm. Probably. Mark Happy Dude, 26,700. I don't know what everyone's complaining about. This game is awesome. Flickering graphics, piss poor collision detection, and oh my effing God, the sound. What's not to love? I think he's been, Absolutely. He's been sarcastic there. He might have been. Ian Cullen, 27,100. We've got some good scores here. Despite the dodgy collision detection, grating music and glitchy graphics, I've always had a soft spot for Kangaroo. Fond memories of the Atari 2600 version. Never intentionally tried for points before, though. It makes the game a bit more annoying. Oh. Mm, he, he sort of he got the right idea, is that man? Oh, mm. who's this? Is this you? got 28,000. I got slightly better. I got 28,100. I couldn't get... I was really trying to get to 30,000 and I rage quit a few times. I was getting so annoyed. Mm. So 28,100. And I get myself a... Oh. That was a very good ping, was it? I'll leave it at that. You're going to say, in your face, Holly. Oh, yeah. In your face. That was like a scary golem thing, that one. I do like to give an in your face. I don't get them very often, but they are sweet when they come. <laughs> Chris, Mooncrested Bootleg, 29,000. Point pressing on this is a slog. He's sick of those first two levels. It's decent, yeah. though, for that. Definitely, definitely. Ben of Steel, good score. 
35,300. Don't hate this game like most. Once you get used to the quirks, it's fairly playable. Like Phoenix, I suppose. Saying that, I definitely won't be playing it again. <laughs> Neil, 20-5. Good score, Neil. 42,400. I must admit, it's well below par. Very. Why did you play it, then? Very badly coded. Hate it when a walk off a tiny legend die amongst many, many others. It has got some bad points. <laughs> must many, admit. Many, many... Daniel Gill, after meeting Victor at Parkade of the week, I thought I'd have given a listen to the podcast and joining this 10-piece score business. This is Soul's brother. Oh, I've met him, yeah. Good lad. Yeah, not the greatest game I've ever played, but it's grown on me. Nice. In your face, Holly. And in first place, very good score from Sal. 47,500. Well done, Sal. That is a huge score. And what Sal's going to get as well. He wants a resonant ping and a medal for playing this. He got a resonant ping. I'm happy to give him a resonant. He did really well. Sal Bugliarissi, top. Charlie Farr, bottom. <laughs> I, I think Charlie Farr's had the right idea on this one, Mick. Shall I tell and you? Sal's even sent a picture of the high school table, so it is kosher. Kosher. Right, this is my summary and improvements on the game. Ready? You're going to get your horn thing, aren't you? <sighs> I might have to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were Atari thinking of? But read the full mm. story on Tony Temple's arcade blogger blog. That, there's a good story there about it. it very good, actually. It, very interesting. Yeah, it reminds me of the poorly playtested C64 shovelware I used to get from my mate in the mid 1980s. Check out Pie Factory podcast number 47 where they review this. Jimmy mm. G actually likes the game, but Sean despises it with every fibre of his being. It's <laughs> harsh. harsh. I'm afraid man. I'm siding with Sean on this. The game idea is sound, I think, even though it borrows a lot from Donkey Kong. A complete remake is in order. I think it would be a decent game if, it, if these niggles are sorted out. So get on it, somebody. You know what I've got to say about the game? Mm. It has a lot of features. Yeah. We're very sorry, listeners. We are sorry. I'm not sorry. I enjoyed it. It's one. It's for me. It's one of those games that um, is a bit crappy. It's not been put together very well. And I think what Eric Banana was saying, it was done on inadequate hardware, mm. i.e., cheap at the time. But then again, Arabian, same hardware, actually plays quite nicely. That's it's quite a fun little out. game. Yeah, it's it's not as because the graphics on this are quite quirky and sort of blocky and a bit weird. And the animation is sort of a bit edgy and probably lacks a few frames of animation as well, I suppose. Mm. And it is a bit sort of rubbish. But when you go past that, you can actually do... It's like Phoenix. Phoenix has got some really bad bugs in it. But you win through, you work out where the bugs are, and you can sort of work around it, and you can still enjoy the game. And I do on this. I know a lot of people don't. Mm. But yeah, you are right, and all the listeners are completely correct. If it was made better quality... It was play-tested more, because the first level you can score points on, and then all the levels are totally different. You can't score points on them. And the game seems very uneven and unbalanced, how it works. It's not quite they're totally different levels, but they're not similar like Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong Jr., where you're jumping, avoiding barrels, and going up ladders. Same sort of thing. This is like, you know, grab all the fruit, hit the monkeys, then just jump up to get to the top, then punch all these monkeys out to get to the cage... And then the last level is a Donkey Kong level. So it doesn't really work very well. Mm. But the actual cabinet is a lovely looking thing. It is good. Really that nice. is good. Yeah, that's the one redeeming feature, I think, on this game. 
as the early early eighties art on Atari games is absolutely phenomenal. This was as well. But I think like back in the day when they had on a lot of games not brilliant graphics, not brilliant sound, but usually good gameplay, they would help your animate your imagination a little bit with really nice graphics on the side of the cabinet and obviously in the artwork and the flyers and correspondence. And that's what they tried to do this game, but it didn't really help, did it? <laughs> Not really. Fortunately. So, yeah, it has flaws, but I still like it. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Not for me, I'm afraid. Next show's game. Right then, we have to pick next game. And the next game yes. will be episode number 100. No pressure, Sean. Yes. But it's your pick. So make it a bloody good one for episode 100. I want something old, classic, and good. I want a good early 80s game. It's got to be a classic game. Everyone knows... It needs to be an easy game. So what have you got for us? <laughs> this is not early 80s. It's 1990. But this, uh. is, this is how you make a game. This is how you produce a quality, playable, <sighs> fantastic-looking and sounding game. This is the mighty Outzone from Toa Plan. Outzone. So basically, yeah. not a classic game, not an 80s game, not an easy game. No. What but, were you thinking, Holly? But we need to we need to come back from this disaster that is kangaroo. <laughs> Mm. So this is Outzone from Toa Plan, 1990. It's still 27 years old. Still an old, old game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The ROM you can use is Outzone. Just Outzone. Three lives, extra live every 300,000. The difficulty on various emulators is either medium, normal, or B. Okay. I'm, that's why I've got this RetroPie running again. I'm trying it on different emulators. If you're using Advanced Main, there's a weird thing where the ROM set out zone is far too hard even on easy level and this is uh, yeah. so i found a set called set four or out zone a depending on which version of advanced meme you're using because i'm using one okay. on the cab and one on the retro pie one on the pie pajama and yep. that works fine so you want if you use an advanced meme use out zone a or set four and that is okay. the same difficulty as everyone else's emulator we have worked out that there are some issues with advanced mode in the different levels. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. And if anyone knows about it, please write in and tell us what it is so we can understand it a bit more. It's, I think, it can be a bit of a problem, can't it? Yeah, I think that it's quite an old ROM set that Advanced Mame uses, and I think maybe the newer ROM sets have sorted out the difficulty on the, on the dips, I think. Yep. So submit your score on Twitter with hashtag 10p score or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast post. Uh, pictures, please. Yep. Deadline for score submissions is Sunday the 17th of December, 5 o'clock. And the next podcast will be Podcast 100, and that's when we're doing our top 50 games of all time. Not quite. Next one's going to be 100, which is Out Zone, and the top 50 will be a bonus episode. And you can check out the 10 pence high score league table on the show notes. Yes. And we've already finished the music quiz, so all I can say now is thanks for listening. Thanks for podcasting with me, Sean. Thank you to Kangaroo for being such a beautiful game that everyone loved. And I'll see you in two weeks' time. <laughs> Thank you very much, kiddies. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at Tenpence Arcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups, and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 